welcome to Actually Best Choice Movies, the world's only movie podcast. Uh, I am one of your hosts. My name is Chris Chafin. And I'm Caleb Shively, the other one of the hosts. Well said, Caleb. <laughs> in the way that um, I said it or uh, in my uh, that, choice of vocabulary? Just that you which got I didn't the really words out of your mouth. You just got them out. It seemed like it wasn't maybe going to happen for a little bit, but then they, they came out and it was all fine. I uh, dug into the, my uh, hosts word. It's an underrated word, hosts. hosts. HL, HL words. Great, great, great words. Holes. Hover. I, okay, so we're basically less than two minutes into the show and you just are talking about how much you love holes which is actually very appropriate on this week's episode yeah <laughs> uh, every week on the show we talk about two movies usually it's an old one and a new one and they're both good this week it throws a curveball in you know several ways we're talking about two new streaming movies that you can stream at home because it's the only way to see movies right now um but again we're trying to spread it out beyond things that are on amazon and things that are on netflix and things that are on hulu these are both um things that are in on different independent things that you can stream where money is going directly to businesses you might care about rather than, you know, the world's first trillionaire, like, yes. nothing, you know, whatever he worked hard to be a trillionaire. And, you know, I, someday that'll be me up there. The words but, first um, trillionaire, or maybe the seventh or eighth trillionaire, either way, he's a trillionaire or she either way. Is, oh, is that like a discussion? Like, uh, I don't know. It could, I don't know. I'll, I'll look up the gender discrepancies amongst trillionaires, but, you were just making it up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The uh, business we are talking about and uh, we are giving money to is uh, <laughs> we're paying them to do this podcast. <laughs> the Alamo. Me, uh, yeah. Alamo Drafthouse, who has a virtual cinema as well, which is one of the movies. And they also have their new on demand Alamo, uh, on demand Drafthouse, which is another. Uh, the second movie we'll be talking about is from there. Yeah. It kind of missed a trick. It is just called, I think, officially Alamo on demand. I feel like you're missing a trick about there's some kind of joke in there about on draft draft house on draft. Oh, sure. Like yeah. That. On I mean, maybe they were worried people wouldn't know what that meant or something, but it seems like you just spend one more minute. thinking. They, the they have a good marketing department. They, they know That's what true. they're they doing. Yeah. So one of them is through Alamo on demand and the other one is directly through um, the distributor whose name I'm forgetting. Uh, I don't know the top of my head. The first film we're talking about. The first film. Yeah. Uh, anyway, it's, it's through the distributor, yeah. and you can it's a, it's a similar to other ones of these where it partners. You have to pick actually from a huge drop down menu uh, your local art house movie theater, and then half of the money goes to that art house. I picked Angelica because it was the only one I could find. I didn't see Bam. Uh, did you also pick Angelica, or which which one did you pick? Uh, Alamo. I did Alamo for for Deerskin. For Deerskin, yeah. Oh, we picked Alamo. Yeah, that's what I thought no, that I we were doing. Angelica. I picked Angelica. <laughs> oh. Uh, I think I got an email through Alamo because I, uh, I I still check my email every day during the pandemic. I check my email uh, and that was listed on there. And I think I just saved the link. I like, kept it open while we were talking. And I like, oh, yeah, I have this link open. <laughs> OK, well, and we've kept you in suspense. I realized this entire time the two movies are uh, Deerskin yes. from this year. Yes. A French yeah. film. Uh, and the other one is Butt Boy. That's a 2019 film. And uh, you're going to hear, you have a, we have a lot. We, honestly, we have a lot. We have a lot to say about <laughs> these movies, I feel like. Both these movies are very weird, oddball choices. Are they actually best choice? Uh, that is in the eye of the beholder. Uh, and we are beholding. Uh, butthole? The, the, the butthole? Is that what you mean? Butthole. Butthole, yeah. 
Um, anyway, that's all this week on actually best choice movies. Movies. Before we talk about any of that, uh, we wanted to talk a little bit about this new Alamo streaming service we're talking about, Alamo On Demand. It just launched this past week, and uh, you've been looking through like all the movies, right, Caleb? There's actually not that many, but you've been looking uh, through. It's, it's not that many as comparison to other streaming services, but they do have a, a very great stuff, and it's uh, a little bit more cinephile uh, A lot of stuff I like, too. Like For example, there's movies we covered... Uh, big ones like uh, Parasite and Burning, uh, a movie we talked about on the show, uh, Revenge, which I liked, is on there. Uh, Chris mentioned Uncle Boon Me, which is on here. And uh, if listeners remember my favorite movie of the past decade, The Act of Killing, you could rent through uh, this service as well. Yeah. But just uh, looking through here, I was a lot of great stuff. I would love to recommend people some stuff if you're in the mood for, you know, weird, fun things. They have plenty of stuff. One of the tabs i guess uh, at the top is a uh, fantastic fest uh there have a partnership with which is what uh the second movie butt boy came from uh but they also uh within fantastic fests have a bunch of cool cool stuff which also um parasite and burning were both at fantastic fest uh, and stuff like yeah I, I wouldn't have thought that those movies yeah. would both be a benefit fantastic fest like do you know much about fantastic fest like this is an alamo I just, draft house event it's a it's i think it's a partnership they have like they just show stuff at like the big alamo in austin not in the austin, alamo yeah. in san antonio but the alamo draft house in austin and they go to the basement of the alamo right they have a movie screening <laughs> there's no basement at the alamo <laughs> Fantastic Fest also shows like um, just uh, old movies that were like, hey, this was weird. Like uh, Miami Connections on here, and that's like a cult movie of just how bad it is. It's like an action ver- uh, what how we think of the room. Yeah, it's like an action version of the room. Yeah, they did they did it on uh, how did this get made? Oh sure, I think they they've have done like, yeah a lot of those types of movies are on there. I think they on- made like action figures for this movie or something. It's like a big cult deal movie you know oh, i actually cool. find it very very hard to watch i've tried to watch it a couple times with Catherine, being like this is like funny and it's like i basically can't get like 10 minutes into the movie it's like so bad yeah it's i think so i've watched bad. most of it through like clips on youtube or uh there's a lot of just driving in that movie too just like they couldn't afford it so they wanted to get a hundred minutes or whatever an hour and a half so they just dr- showed driving scenes a lot <laughs> Oh, and Revenge I'm seeing is on here, too. Another yeah, Revenge is on there. Uh, some great Total movies Hunter. that I, I would recommend. Uh, Borgman, uh, which was uh, nominated for the Palme d'Or in like 2013. It's from this director, Alex Van Warmerdam, who is a very, very cool director. But Borgman, which is an oscilloscope movie, like plot of it is like this hobo turns out to be the Antichrist, but that's like very much a very small slither, sliver of it. Uh, it's one of the weirdest movies I've ever seen. I'm seeing this. The poster is very enticing looking. I've actually thought about watching this movie several yeah, times. Yeah, I, I like Borgman a lot. It's it's a, a hell of a movie. There's a lot of like weird cinematic stuff, uh, practical effects and stuff. Yeah, it's a, a very weird, one of the weirdest movies I've seen, and I'm glad it's on here. Really? Yeah. Caleb Shively. Another. Wait, uh, you just said, wait, 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 wait. You just said this was one of the weirdest movies you've ever seen. And I know the volume of movies yeah. you have seen and the your threshold for weirdness, which is extremely <laughs> high. And you're saying this movie is one of the weirdest movies you've ever seen. Uh, Yeah, I just, I don't know. It's. Uh, wow, okay, I hard... guess I have to watch it now. I guess yeah, I have it's to a watch psychological it. plot. I don't know. There's a lot of like stuff like that on there. I'm a big fan of Why Don't You Play in Hell uh, from uh, Japanese director Sean Sono. Uh, that's on uh, Alamo 2. Uh, the plot to that movie is um, 
the two mafia Japanese mafia the the Yakuza are fighting each other, and his plan to beat the other Yakuza is to stage a giant movie where everyone dies, and that's the movie. And and you're watching the movie, but it's also like the plot of the movie too. It's insane. It's so violent. <laughs> that sounds crazy, Caleb. That sounds yeah, it's crazy. really really good. It, it, that's one of my favorite movie titles ever. Why don't you play in hell? <laughs> I mean, and you know, a fair question. Mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, there's a. I could keep going on if you want. Like uh, <laughs> uh, the Found Footage well, Festival I... stuff is on here. If you ever, ever oh, is really checked... is that on here? Too? Yeah, if you've never checked out Found Footage, I think they do great work. They, what they do is That's just cool. find uh, old VHS tapes and at, re-edit them t- uh, for all the best stuff, and it's absolutely amazing. I it's own a lot of the DVDs. Like late two thousands indie culture. I feel like found yeah. like found magazine and found footage festivals it's like this this used to be like they were they're the michael the, jordan of it yeah the culture of you know if you were a smart weirdo it was like reading somebody's grocery list that somebody else found on the sidewalk like that was your it was like a really interesting experience for you i mean i sure. still like that kind of shit i'm a sucker whenever they rerun this american life episode i think there's one where i like um there's a one of the whole stories is like the founder of found magazine and they do they sort of introduce the story and then they like introduce you to the concept of found magazine like it's the weirdest thing and that it could ever exist and if you were like an indie person at the time you're like oh fucking found magazine like i know if i've heard of found you know i've been to so many fucking found magazine events and seen yeah. found magazine so many <laughs> times it was such a big deal at the time it's very true but to hear it introduced to a like a random like a mainstream audience so you're like okay i guess it is weird i don't know yeah one of the things i like about this alamo service is um they so they only have nine new releases if you go to the the new releases, new releases page, tab and on that, the page yeah exactly and so that is like one of the um that's like where it defaults you to once you start right oh yeah so like six of them are like big movies more or less or they star big people or they're about famous documentaries about famous people um like there's yeah portrait of a lady on fire parasite um some movie i hadn't heard of called arkansas but it stars like a hemsworth is, is hemsworth right? directed by clark duke yeah yeah exactly and then there's also Bonds um, this a documentary about kate nash and there's spaceship earth which is this like really cool documentary yeah, it started hitting uh, critics the show. yeah yeah it's been like getting a it's been just also got a added to hulu too which is weird oh that's cool yeah we should we should maybe do it extraordinary which i think we've like resisted doing it's it's supposed to be not very oh, good. it's a comedy with will Forte. i saw it i like it a lot oh did you i thought of course you really i saw like, it like yeah it or something. Um, and uh claro diarities in it yeah but then three of them are like super fucking weird three of the movies um and one of them is butt boy which we're doing on the show uh it's just kind of like i i think it's super cool that alamo foregrounded three completely random movies by people you would have never heard of in your entire life starring people you have never heard of. And they're like very weird. I think that's really cool. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, the power of cinema. Uh, yeah. Uh, Fantastic Fest too. Shout out to them who just gets to these movies out there. Like, like I was doing a little bit of research uh, about butt boy and uh, it got a, a number of like high profile places reviewed it. Uh, LA times, New York times. Uh, butt boy. Really? Yeah, you got a uh, very good press. I actually didn't know that. I did not know that Butt Boy got like good press. <laughs> yeah, That's pretty funny. I mean, I well, some, a couple of reviews. Do we want to like dive in? Do you have more to say about uh, the streaming uh, service? Uh, I could, but you know, uh, if I had to pick one movie on there, uh, Forbidden Zone is on there. It's a uh, Richard Elfman movie from the uh, 70s. It's very, very good. I, I was very pleased to see that on there. Fantasy. 
physical comedy. The Forbidden Zone. I don't really know. It's just like a weird musical that I like. Get to, I get high and watch. Uh, I don't know. Her, Herve Velichez, if there is a star, I guess he would be the star. Uh, I don't know. It's just is a it much, like a an very old weird. Movie? Yeah, it's from uh, the seventies or early eighties. I think uh, one of the guys from Oingo Boingo did the score. It's just a very weird. Not Do you Danny, mean Danny Altman? Elfman, is that who you mean? <laughs> one of the guys from Oingo Boingo. No, his brother Richard. Oh, really? Yeah, it's just yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. Um, and you don't think about other people from Oingo Boingo doing film scores. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, I said Oingo Boingo very poorly that time. But like Wango. whatever. Boingo Bango. But Forbidden um, Zone's a great movie. And I'm, was, it's on there. <laughs> it's a musical, you said. Uh, as little and as much as the musical can be a musical. <laughs> I'm always fucking talking in riddles, Caleb, for God's sakes. Oh, hell yeah. Um, That's why I, I, I'm going to love talking about these movies we're about to discuss. <laughs> yeah, so speaking of, let's go ahead and move on to the movies. The first movie we're going to talk about this week is from 2020. I forget who directed it. What, what's his name, Caleb? Quentin Dupuis. Quentin Dupuis, yes. Director of several movies you may have heard of. Uh, and it stars Jean Dujardin and one Aren't of Are you doing the intro? <laughs> Sorry, yeah, no, go ahead. Yeah, it's uh, Deer Skin. Pourquoi tu m'appelles Bah pour dire que je suis loin, quoi. T'es nulle part, Georges. T'existes plus. What makes a man? Is it fashion, style, or the idea that something like fashion or style can indeed make a man? In his new movie, Deerskin, experimental auteur Quentin Dupuis doesn't so much answer this question as he does revel in its madness. Oscar winner Jean Dujardin plays Georges, a proud owner of a deerskin jacket. After using a large amount of money to obtain said jacket, Georges is frozen out of his joint bank account and finds himself stranded in a small mountain village. But no worry, he has the jacket. Using the confidence the deerskin has brought him, along with the digital camera it inexplicably came with, Georges bullsits his way into a semblance of a plot which involves tricking local bartender-slash-film editor Denise into funding a movie. As George becomes a filmmaker, more or less, the local, played by Portrait of a Lady on Fire's Adele Hanel, uh, finds truism and beauty in his work. Uh, his work, by the way, happens to be making sure he is the only person in the world with a jacket. This work starts off innocent and funny enough. Uh, for example, a day's work of film is tricking people out of their coats. But a subtle shift leads to the movie into straight-up murder by way of a ceiling fan blade. Uh, played as some existential experimental screwball homage by both the actor and director, Deerskin was a hit at director's fortnight at Cannes, and also with me personally. Uh, Chris, unpack your thoughts. Unpack my thoughts about Deerskin. Well, uh, it's an interesting film, certainly. I mean, it looks great. You know, it stars two very good actors, uh, which is great. You know, it has it, it right from the beginning. It's interesting because uh, we're looking at Jean Dujardin, you know, famous from The Artist. And I think what's important to understand, too, about as far as I'm aware uh, him, his position in France is he is extremely, extremely famous. Like he is a big movie star. The last time I was in France, there was like, he was on the watch ads in the bus station. You know, he's like that level of famous in France. Um, <laughs> so it's very interesting that he has this, I mean, it's not unlike um, 
what's his face being in all of these uh, Yorgos Lanthimos movies. Um, Colin Farrell. Yeah, you know, Colin Farrell. Yeah, Colin Farrell. Right, like somebody who is like a huge, huge movie star, but he's doing something like extremely, extremely weird. So that's like a layer that you know certainly every French person would have gotten. Uh, so I, I, that was an interesting thing to go into it. And also, he's looking fat. He has this huge gray beard. He basically looks like Mandy. Looks Patinkin like Mandy Patinkin, yeah. Yeah, he looks like in like the later seasons of The American. You know, like uh, Homeland. Which is pretty funny. Homeland, oh, The Americans. I said, yeah, Homeland. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, well, so it is. So yeah, the movie is just. You know, I couldn't decide if it had like if it actually had like big overarching ideas about you know the assembly of yourself, or if it was just weird. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, so I could get into that. About, like Dupuis other movies is like so his the movie that I know him from is a movie I haven't seen, but I've heard about a lot. It's called <laughs> Rubber. It's about a tire that kills people, and it's like it's about a it's about a tire that kills people. <laughs> Well, as a person who's actually seen and loves the movie Rubber, I could talk more to it. Yeah, uh, so please, the please. so the movie Rubber starts off by saying uh, how much of, of a, it it talks directly to the audience, breaks the fourth wall, and tells you basically it's not a movie. Uh, the plot to Rubber is this tire is telepathic and goes around killing people, while an audience watches it through binoculars. And uh, the audience, they tell you at the beginning of the movie, as a stand-in for yourself. It's more of a prank than a movie. Uh, and all his movies are kind of like that. Um, uh, another movie he did called Wrong Revels in Absurdism. And I really liked Wrong. Uh, I think it's one of Bill Fitchner's best movies. Also, my favorite actor, Steve Little, who played Stevie Janowski on uh, Eastbound and Down, is in that movie as well. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah, his movies are more just like critic-proof pranks uh, than they are like... Rubber was like famously like there's no point in anything we're doing. We're just making a movie. Uh, and so with um, this movie, uh, Deerskin, first of all, he does something he hasn't done before and actually sets it within a real world. Like uh, the this is in uh, reality. Yeah, in real world. Yeah. Uh, so that's different for him already. And I think the point of this movie, if it's trying to make a point, is, um, uh, is about filmmaking and uh, how artists uh, – how we perceive an artist versus how an artist actually yeah. operates okay. uh, for like to be an artist. Yeah. I mean, that is true. Like, that is an interesting way to look at the movie. Yeah. Uh, like the Denise character, uh, Adele Hanel's character, uh, like really is into his uh, work, uh, which is ridiculous. <laughs> like she, he like shows the, like some shitty footage of just like him walking through or like taking people's jackets. And she's like, Oh, this is, uh, she's like, Oh, this is about, uh, I forget her exact line, but it's about like, Oh yeah. You're just about, um, uh, marketing and or like, uh, this is about how she's absurd like, she's uh, like, we she's like oh it's like we're all wearing jackets the armor to protect yeah. us and hide <laughs> our real selves and he's like oh and, yeah yeah <laughs> and it's like is Dupuis calling out the audience uh, for trying to find meaning in work when yeah, he and yeah. George the character are just really in reality there aren't deep people they're just weirdos <laughs> just weirdos like, doing extremely weird things with literally no idea what they're doing yeah <laughs> and then everyone's like wow that was fascinating <laughs> he's like oh yes definitely like and this is she talks about doing some editing she's talking about editing something and he goes and how do you do this do you have a special machine <laughs> it's just and she's mm -hmm. like uh, a computer you know like everybody and this whole time she's asking for like i i would like to see a script but like there is no script because it's just like he always getting her to do it just so we could like milk her, milk her out of money 
I guess. Want <laughs> money from her because his bank account is frozen, right? Exactly. So it's like this way we're trying to like determine an artist's intention, which is I guess what we're doing right now, which is just a yeah. weird cosmic joke. Uh, upon I mean, the other fair, joke, which know? is that he doesn't want people to have, he wants to be the only person to, in the world to have a jacket, which yeah. is mind blowing. And like, how to wrap your head around that's the idea yeah. of this movie. This is the animating idea of this movie is that, well, first of all, it's that like he, the jacket is kind of talking to him, but kind of, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's him talking to it's himself. Him, but, and they don't even like hide him on, talking. It, oh, no, I was going to say, as the movie goes on, it becomes, at first it seems very much like he's talking to himself, pretending the jacket's talking to him. But then by the end of the movie, it, the movie is just like, it's like the jacket is talking to him, you know? So I think uh, uh, to get into a little bit of uh, the big actor, Jean Desjardins, uh, he's like known for slapsticky roles in France. France, who loves yeah. Jerry Lewis, yeah. loves their slapsticky guys uh i believe i uh, show that he had it was on netflix for a while the, i think it was the um same director who did the artist uh has has a has an i forget my michelle has a venetius or something no, i, I think I, I, but yeah i think that was the same but you know what spy i'm talking thing. about like have you have you watched that uh i saw there was like a movie uh oss 117 or something like that is that the same oh, thing I guess maybe, it's not a, maybe it's not a series i think there's like several of those movies. there's like maybe two movies two like that at, le- at least yeah. two that the yeah. guy, the artist director did it's kind of like yeah. Mad Men meets Naked Gun mm-hmm. meets James Bond. Obviously it's like Naked Gun, James Bond, very slapstick. It's like, uh, yeah. what was that? Mr. Bean movie uh, where it wasn't Mr. Uh, Bean. Yeah. The Mr. Bean movie. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, there, uh, Rowan Atkinson did a spy movie. I forget what it was called. Oh, oh Johnny, Johnny English, English, Johnny English. Johnny <laughs> did you forget the name of Johnny English, Caleb? What's wrong with you? I did. Terrible. Uh, but to speak to him, I think this is, uh, what I've seen of Jean Dujardin. Uh This is one of his more uh, subdued roles. <laughs> like he's playing George as a, uh, as pathetic, uh, which in turn makes him seem like a harmless uh, individual. Like he just is really into his jacket is his big defining thing. But then as the m- movie uh, moves and forward. That is his obsession that he has. Yeah. He's so that's really what it is. It's like a reaction. midlife crisis uh, is that he yeah. is like, Decides I to like, put all his. That he has like he has like extreme divorced dad energy, and I think that's like a very accurate way to describe him. Yeah, and once he starts talking to that jacket, we see how deranged uh, he really is. Like my favorite time when he's talking to his jacket, uh, his jacket's talking to him, and he goes, "Not now. This book is interesting." <laughs> <laughs> like he has those types of conversations with his jacket, um, so and so weird. like when it finally gets to like. The murder stuff—it's like a more an outgrowth of this uh, the sad and obsessed obsessive about his vanity. Like he just has to really define himself, and that's the plot. Like he wants to have the only jacket in the world. Uh, it's just a really an outgrowth of this midlife crisis, and it's and kind of just funny. Murdering people he sees who are wearing jackets, right? Like mm-hmm. you're saying, he has this—he has like a, a the blade of a ceiling fan. Which there's a cool scene where he's driving down a deserted yeah. mountain road in the middle of the night, just dragging it along the road to sharpen it. And there's like sparks flying off of it. It's like maybe one of the most beautiful shots in the movie. It's mm-hmm. great, you know. And then yeah, he uses it to great effect for the rest of the movie. You know? Yeah, it's pretty cool. Indiscriminate, indiscriminately. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to like this is a ridiculous stuff we're saying out but uh i think jean de jean like plays it very very like it has to be funny because that cannot not be but yeah, right. he plays it very seriously too and the other thing we have to mention is like and and as much as this is the the 
the movie, right? There's also this other weird side. You know, it's called deerskin, and the jacket is deerskin, and he's like compulsively acquiring new pieces of deerskin oh, yeah. clothing throughout the movie. And the movie also keeps cutting to just pictures of deer in the forest. And I wasn't really sure what any of that was supposed to mean. <laughs> I wasn't, or if it was supposed to mean anything. Yeah, you know? right. Um, and it's weird because he's not, he's not even buying it. He's like, it's like a video game. It's like he's acquiring them from like around the world. I mean, some of them he buys, but some of them he doesn't. He's you know? he was gifted like a lot of them. A, a full he, suit of deerskin armor or something, you know? Yeah, he has a, uh, he buys the gloves and the shoes. He was gifted the pants. He takes the hat from a corpse. <laughs> exactly. A corpse who randomly, they just go like, oh no, he killed himself last night. And like, why is that, why does that happen in the movie? It's yeah. just, is it a joke? Question mark? Like it, and you get to see the guy with his face shot off, which is like, uh, it was a creative and new way to show someone with their face shot off. Yeah. I don't feel like I've seen before in a movie. It was pretty cool. Yeah. I honestly don't know if this is, uh, as a person who's seen all of Quentin's movies, uh, I don't know if this is my favorite of his or not. I think Rubber still might be, uh, but I really liked Deerskin. It reminded me of uh, Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer, which is a very, very mm. good movie. Uh, but that movie is serious. And, uh, it's funny parts are more like if you think it's funny, you're a kind of a psychopath. And this is more. Uh, so you found it very funny. Yeah. Funny. <laughs> well, just like a more like a slow burn, like a, a very gritty, realistic Henry Porch of a serial killer. Uh, like he goes out and murders, but then he just like goes and lives his ordinary day, which is just like, yeah, that's how it goes. Like he's getting away with it. Of course, he's just going to like ha- eat dinner and stuff. <laughs> I mean, it what? is just it's just. W- 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 n- is this one of is this his attempt to like he's moving into making more real movies as someone who's a fan of your of all of his work you know <laughs> obviously it has big movie stars in it and it's maybe not as crazy as some of his other movies Do, would you yeah. look at this as maybe a transitional film for him like he's going to start doing in the sense movies. that he's working with a bigger actor yeah I I, I kind of hope so just because this is a really really good movie because but it doesn't lose that for lack of better term Adult Swim energy uh, we're just like they're really experimenting with like comedy like. Comedy could be dark. Yeah. In, in, that, in that sense, it reminded me a lot of uh, uh, the great Tim and Eric's uh, bedtime story show, which were a very fucked mm. up was a very fucked up show. But yeah, uh, but to to play critic a little bit, uh, it still like you have to like search to get you have to do some work as an audience to like really enjoy it. Like it took me a <laughs> while. Like I don't, I can't tell when it exactly clicked. But I was like, okay, I, I'm on. I got this movie's wavelength now. But it took a while for me to. Probably like more than halfway through, I was like, what is this movie doing? Well, because at first uh, it just seemed very much like one of those like European dramas from like 2002 through to like 2008, where it was just like normal people doing things, you know? And it's like, you're like, is this supposed to be funny or scary? Or like, you know, I'm thinking of like Michael. It's just more Hackett. just like, oh, that's odd. That's odd. a series of odd things. Yeah, right. Like like that movie Cachet, you know, where it's sure. like, you're like, okay, I, I guess it's weird that he got a videotape of the outside of his building and, but then that doesn't even happen until like an hour and a half into the movie, you know, like, yeah, it's just, she also gets like, like, okay, yeah, I guess life is weird, huh? European. Yeah. Yeah. Um, This is, but then it it becomes becomes increasingly absurd. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I do think you're you're right. It's good that how John Dujardin is playing it like so so straight. He just seems like a, a very pathetic man having a midlife crisis. And then it, takes a kind of turn you know but even when it takes a turn he still is that he just still is a weird pathetic guy who having a midlife crisis but it's found an outlet in a very and now he's way. head to toe in deerskin um here's a question i asked myself 
during it. Is it a nice, an actually nice jacket? So this movie was actually very interesting for me because I am not only a person who likes fashion, but particularly I like jackets. <laughs> particularly oh, I like yeah. jackets. I have a lot of jackets. So there are scenes in the beginning of the movie you're, you said where he's tricking people into getting rid of their jackets. He's basically said they're going to make a movie and they're acting out getting rid of their jackets. And then he drives away with them, right? And it's, it's pretty funny. But I, I did have the feeling of like, Oh man! Imagine if somebody stole your fucking jackets, man. I know. It would be so I didn't think that. Bad. I love my jackets. Um, but is it a good jacket? I would say that like it does not fit Jean Dujardin very well. It is too no, it, short for him, and he's too fat for it. And he obviously doesn't match the rest of his style. At least at the beginning of the movie. At the beginning of the movie, he's wearing like an outfit my dad would wear, like khakis and like a checked shirt or something. And then he just puts a deerskin jacket on over top of it. And you're like, well, okay, it's a little weird. It's also a very fringy jacket. I don't. I couldn't pull oh, it's the fringe very off. Very fringy. Super very, fringe. Well, you know, it's almost like a jacket. I guess the kind of those were popular in the '60s. Like it was a very big deal in the '60s to have a fringy suede jacket like that. Like a normal, a normal cool person would have had one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the, the, it pops up in that context. Like you, you could wear one to Coachella if you were like a hot girl. You could wear like a fringy suede jacket. You know. So it, I think as just as a jacket, <laughs> it's okay. But you have to like it, not the way it was being worn in the movie. You know, sure. like. Yeah, yeah, that's my uh, yeah. version. They did, yeah, a lot of just low ang- low angles for his body. Yeah, he's not a uh, little doughy in his physique. Did you think he was wearing um, padding? I thought he might have been wearing like a fat suit. Oh, maybe, yeah. Because he just, does. They, we do see him with his shirt off once, and he doesn't look quite as fat as he looks when he's wearing his yeah. shirt. <laughs> also, uh, we all loved portrait of a lady on fire so the fault the very next movie to see her in is uh oh, this is like she's oh great. wow she's very good yeah she adds a, a sense of uh like uh like I, I i when we first started talking about it i said she like really brought i guess when the movie clicked for me is when her character really came in uh, i mean she, she's like extremely extremely attractive is one thing to say about her in this oh movie. yeah and there's something about you know john dujardin is being attracted to her and then also being like repulsed to with himself for being attracted to her and they actually never mm-hmm. make out or anything but it's like no, there yeah. is, you know, her character is supposed to be attractive, but in this kind of weird, like non-attractive way, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. But she's, I don't know, she's just great. She's great. She's, there's something very alluring and, about her personality in the movie is what I'm trying to say. Oh, and she's a film editor too, uh, which I was trying to like find a meaning of her being in a film editor other than that uh, she, it's good for the plot, but I don't know. It's an editor. She, it might she, just uh, be that it's good for the plot. <laughs> might, that yeah. might be the only reason. What she say? She did. She. Uh, I put uh, Tarantino's uh, Pulp Fiction in order. It's not that good. <laughs> yeah, that's like a funny line in the movie. She's like, you know, Pulp Fiction. The big thing about it is it's out of order. So I put it in order. It's yeah. not good. <laughs> like, cool. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, you got anything else you want to say about this uh, movie, Deerskin? I. I took me to a weird place and uh, I'm glad that Quentin keeps doing that. He uh, edits and all his own movies. He did the cinematography for this movie too. Uh, yeah. Uh, just a weird talent. Uh, I'm glad that he get keeps getting wanting to do like his weird movies. Uh, but I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know if this is like going to like be a big breakthrough. I don't know if like it's a coup that he got Jean Dujardin to do this movie, but yeah. Will he I mean, get like I a John Hamm like, to do this movie or something? I don't in the future. I would love if he um 
if we had like a French Yorgos, right? Like if, if he sort of became somebody who made increasingly mainstream movies, but from a very weird point mm-hmm. of view, like that would be awesome. Actually, there should be more people like him. And, you know, yeah. maybe that's why people are interested in working with him. Right. I mean, Jean Dujardin is seeing, you know, the work that uh, Colin Farrell is doing with Yorgos and is like, yeah, fuck, I want to do that. You know, like I yeah, want to be a uh, cool, critically acclaimed guy. Yeah, that sounds great. You know, people want to be weird, man. Uh, yeah, Adam Driver, uh, hopefully we'll get to be some weird stuff. He's in the next, uh, the director who did Holy Motors. What's his name? Uh, yeah, Adam oh, Driver's in his yeah. next movie. That seems very like Adam Driver because it's weird in a way that's like mm-hmm. yelling. You know? There was that like, um, uh, Robert Pattinson interview this week where he's, uh, he's oh, yeah, talking about being in the Batman and Tenet. Uh, the Nolan, the new Nolan movie. He just said, "Yeah, I hope they're really big, so I don't have to do mainstream movies for a while." So that weirdo <laughs> can do some fun, weird stuff. That would be cool. Yeah, that would be great. I mean, they, you're talking about this GQ interview with Robert Pattinson. It was a huge deal this week. If you haven't seen it, like definitely, definitely go look it up. It's great. It's it's, very he took good. all the pictures himself. He does. He cooks pasta in the microwave and cannot describe <laughs> the kind of pasta that he likes to do it with. It's it's great. It's extreme, like insane quarantine energy. And he does talk about the Batman and make it sound like a crazy movie. I mean, I have long said that it was, it basically sounds like a Safdie brothers movie, uh, but it's like a superhero movie, you know, like my joke about it on Twitter was like, there's nothing that Batman won't do to pay off his grandma's gambling debts. Nothing. <laughs> and I, you know, I think that's kind of the energy of the Batman. Yeah. It's uh, being directed by Matt Reeves, who did the pretty decent, uh, ape Planet of the apes movies that I don't hate. At least two. Oh of them. yeah. I, I, I only watched I, the the last one seemed too upsetting. I, I didn't. Really I liked watch it. Yeah. Nice apes be bad. I liked it. <laughs> okay, you want to move on? So the next movie we're doing this week it's from 2019. It is called Butt Boy. So you're asking me to go off this theory you got about a white married male who happens to be a father living in the suburbs of Critica County, who also happens to be your AA sponsor, has been secretly running around, cramming objects, animals, and children up his ass. Then he somehow digests them, and he does this in sprays, almost in serial killer fashion. Is that about it? Uh-huh. So imagine the fall, the TV show, but instead of Jamie Dornan, you have Griffin Newman. And instead of rape and murder, you have people, you have sucking people up your butt. Okay. Or also imagine like the upside down, but it's the inside (laughs) of a butt. (laughs) So this is basically what Butt Boy is like. Um, The new movie from writer-director Tyler Kornack. It's the story of a man driven to commit terrible crimes by an insatiable desire to shove increasingly large things inside of his butt. Um, The movie goes from like a bar of soap to a living human being in about five minutes. Like that's how the desire for him, he goes from like learning. He likes his butt to putting things up his butt to sucking a human being up his butt in about six minutes of screen time, which is pretty, you know, economical storytelling. Um, It's also the story of the man trying to solve the recent, you know, disappearances of children, Uh, a grizzled detective who also just happens to have this, our main character as his sponsor in AA. Um, 
So I'll tell you what I like about this movie, but boy, um, before we move, I ask you what about it, Caleb, it's, it's a truly independent movie in the way you hardly ever see anymore. You know, it's written, directed and starring by the same person who, as far as I could tell, has like three IMDb credits total. He hasn't tweeted in five years and he has a private Instagram that only has like 3000 followers. Um, like who, and his bio is not director. His bio is like, that film nerd so it's like who is this guy how did this movie get made how is it on one of the nine new release movies on the alamo (laughs) draft house streaming service and like you know this is all amazing to me and for all the flaws of this movie and it has a lot it's just i really celebrate the fact that like this exists and it's we're able to consume it so easily and i'm like big kudos to alamo for drafting or for forefronting something like this fucking bizarre. Um, and, and in a way it's bizarre, but it's like not as bizarre as it thinks it is. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Caleb, what, what did you think about this movie? Uh, yeah. So I didn't uh, fully care about it while watching it for like the first, uh, yeah, like maybe an hour of it. Uh, like you said, it's, uh, it has all these like logic leaps. Uh, uh, it's very it's, like amateur. It starts right? very, very, very slow. It's yeah. very, uh, it's very fil- film studenty. It's a lot of, uh, new- uh, noir as a filler, like noir for noir's sake, and like I don't know, just uh, but it's noir, it's film. Uh, but you know, I'm hooked because the plot of the movie is it's a crime procedural where the killer kills by sticking victims up his ass. That's a hook, exactly. Uh, and the movie's called That's Butt Boy, so I'm like, okay, let's I'll I'll keep keep it in. Uh, it uh, I'm not going to spoil anything, uh, but it pays off. Like the last uh, twenty five minutes, I was like, oh fuck, everything. It's amazing. Was set up and lined up perfectly, and like you said, it's cool that this movie exists. It's cool that a movie with this title uh, takes an hour to get to absurd heights. It aims to take itself very seriously, and it really plays with uh, your expectations, and it does so with a very serious tone. Uh, one, I'd like to shout out the score, which is by someone named Feathers, uh, but it's very synth heavy, <laughs> very cool score. Uh, the color palette is very intense. Uh, sometimes it, that could be perceived as, like I said, a little film. Yeah, it's a little very... too much. It's almost like, uh, but I'm a cheerleadery kind of. But sure, like, but yeah, like, like a film student who likes, <laughs> but I'm a cheerleader. Yeah, right? exactly. but but again, they're tr- playing with these noir tropes, uh, and it kind of works, uh, but f- didn't really. But it works, uh, and also uh, the script is pretty decent uh, outside of the central idea of sticking people up your butt <laughs> like it explores uh, addiction uh, a little bit like it gives a lot of like yeah yeah uh like space for like addiction as means as like as a means as of a relief to the uh, person who's addicted and like how that can control their lives uh and not just uh the um guy who's addicted to sticking well, things up his butt <laughs> but the detective talk about well. this, but yeah exactly like so they're talking about addiction all the time and like so we don't just get just talking about addiction which is great but there's actually a really good scene where our main character is like trying to resist shoving something up his butt <laughs> it's like <laughs> you're just like watching him be tempted and you're he's like losing his mind and I, it's like maybe the best acted sequence in the whole movie <laughs> by this guy who is not like a super stellar actor the writer and director of the movie um and i was like oh this is really interesting like i can identify with this like having something you don't really want to do but you're probably going to end up doing it anyway i was like well you know it's it's pretty well done yeah uh the uh, performances that i thought were pretty decent uh tyler rice plays the detective uh and the director plays chip the 
butt murderer. Uh, his name is Tyler Kornack. Uh, well, both I just realized both of them were named Tyler. Um, <laughs> anyway, what a coincidence, uh, right? Uh, the killer, the director, Chip. Uh, it's uh, with his addiction. It's like there's a chooses the butt stuff to feel like it starts off. We it's a very much established. The first couple beats are like shitty job. His job's kind of funny. Yeah. Uh, though the guy, the people at his job are kind of funny. Uh, his wife doesn't like him. Uh, and then he gets a prostate exam and he feels something. Uh, right. So he's like, is addicted to this, the, the stimulation of a prostate. Uh, and this establishes he's a very lonely person. And that's why he's turned that into murder, which is pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. And then I, mean, I will uh, say from the first, like you're describing the first like 10 <laughs> minutes or whatever of the movie, like, I I was honestly like pretty turned off by the very beginning of the movie. And I was making notes like some people want to make movies, but they don't really have anything to say in a movie and You're going down do on it there. anyway. <laughs> and I was like, okay, you know, cause it's just, it's such a, it like gives you saying, flourishes of lever sing- signifiers. It's like, <laughs> and it, cause it seems like someone, something made by someone who has never actually lived any life. Like they're like, Oh, what's your job? Computers. And you're like, okay, that's like what a 19 year old would say if he was trying to imagine what someone's job was. And then it's like his wife, you know, he has a baby. It's like, oh my God, what a terrible life. He has a baby. And, you know, the guy, people at his job are this like weird caricature of like 1990s, like salespeople or something. Um, but it definitely, it doesn't stay at that level forever, I would say. Uh, and I'm always a big fan of uh, title cards in movies. Uh, they do a little title card drop. Like it is like the first 10 minutes and then like, drop butt boy down one he was like oh okay that's i'm i'm always a sucker for that that's pretty funny uh and then the other actor uh tyler rice plays who plays the detective who plays a very christian bale look gruff detect type detective uh is burdened by grief and uh he always uh lets that set at, uh, as his motivator for acting uh pretty decent jobs for a very ridiculous movie where again the plot is he kills people by sticking them up his yeah, ass. Compulsively is sucking people up up his ass. Yeah. Um, and you might be having questions like, well, how exactly is he sucking people up his ass? And like what like what is it? Like uh like what what is the process by which that is happening? Mm-hmm. And what happens to people once they get inside of his ass? And like how do would that even work getting a full sized human being inside of your ass? the movie answers all of these questions. Mm-hmm. So like you might think that it's like an amateurish movie. That's not going to really get into this stuff. It a hundred percent gets into it and it has consistent answers for all of these, which yeah. I think is amazing, you know? Yeah. At first it doesn't. And that's, I thought I found that very frustrating. We're like, oh, what? You don't show this stuff. Uh, it just like, it just like, let you believe. Uh, and then just, it lets you be smart as the audience, which is, you know, nice that they let you feel smart. <laughs> but it, it, it's frustrating that I just like wanted to see some gross stuff. And then when it finally, like it all culminates again in like the last uh, 20, 25 minutes or so. And it is just like, oh, okay, that was worth the wait. It really was like, oh, that's, that's very much worth the wait. It's very much worth the wait. Yeah. Um, after about 30 or 40 minutes into the movie and the movie is only 120 minutes, I think. <laughs> I wrote in my note, this is the exact note I wrote. I wrote, I hope the kid is alive in his butt. I hope there are lots of people in his butt that the detective has to go in there to save them. 
And I was like, oh, but wow. this movie's never going to do any of that shit. It did it. It fucking did yeah. it. I was like, it started happening. Then I wrote in all caps in my notes, it's happening. I couldn't fucking <laughs> believe it. I was so pumped. That yeah, it I really didn't think the movie would go there. Yeah, literally. And it literally goes there or in a have major, the budget to do it. major way. It yeah, made me it like the movie, like yeah. They must have used all their budget on making the like interior of the butt sets. <laughs> because, mm-hmm. I mean, that is where the movie is, you know, or the money is, right? <laughs> it was great. I was really impressed. I was really, really glad mm-hmm. that it did that. Yeah, uh, I w- it, w- it would have been a very Lech Lester movie, uh, but I feel they were holding their cards for the end, and it works. Uh, but you know, you did have to sit through like an hour <laughs> of it, and it like I don't know, it's a really wants to be uh, a cult film, uh, like it almost like forces that cult film it's ethos like on you. Very Alamo, right? It's like very yeah. Alamo draft house. Even outside like the noir stuff, it's a it's the movie knows you won't take it seriously, and it forces you to consider its very existence uh which is you know a good mark for any cult film was like hey why does this exist why do i get to have this it's because it's a movie it's fun and it is i don't know marketing of it was weird because it's uh a detective but it also marketed as like a i think the tags they had on were comedy horror uh yeah i mean that's and it belies like i don't know it, it it is uh but it belies its comedy and, it, and it's quote unquote horror aspects just for its own absurdity and sticking to like the main plot of which is the joke, uh, which, you know, it might be just they're saving budget of like, they don't want to make out the full movie, like the last uh, half hour, which, you know, I would have been maybe cool with, but I've been fine you know. with. Yeah. It's like Saul of the mole men, but it's like <laughs> inside of a, book. Oh, good call. Yeah. Uh, wow. Adult swim really has a cultural imprint. More so than everyone realizes. I always think one of the um, like in the enduring luck of Saul of the Moleman is that it's next to Rick and Morty. When you go into the Adult Swim app, yeah, I sure. wonder how many people have watched it because it's like right there. <laughs> um, Adult Swim recently updated their app. It has a new layout. Has a new layout, but Saul of the Moleman is still right next to Rick yeah, and Morty. Still, still alphabetical, yeah. Still alphabetical. Um, yeah. Well, if it, well, one of the things I said in the intro is this movie is not as weird as it thinks it is, and because in a certain level, on a very real level, it, this movie reminded me a lot of like if I tried to write a crime procedural movie. It's just mm-hmm. very much like cliches and tropes. Oh, and, Lord. Like, everybody's just talking and like it's just everything you've heard a million times in every other movie, but done in a way that's like, or a TV show done in a way that's like oh, yeah. not very well done. And the acting is like not very good. And the writing is like not very good. So it's like, it's like leaning on the fact that like it has this absurd, like people are going up the butt. But like, if, if you take that aspect of it out, it is terrible. <laughs> if you no, take that bad, part yeah. of it out, it's, it's bad. It's just plain bad because it's just not well done, you know? Um, yeah. It's, it's very like, hacky. That's like how it's trying to get up, trying to get by. Yeah, uh, it, it kind of just play. Yeah, it's how it gets by. It's it's a mo, and then it just drapes all the butt stuff around it. Yeah, like there's things in it, like uh, the te- the detective sponsor happens to be like his AA sponsor. The guy who's his uh, sponsoring him is the actual criminal he's been searching for this entire time. Uh, and then we find out also like the baby he stuck up his butt at the beginning of the movie turns out to be the the detective's son. Like those are yeah, like twist. But like you know, it, it it all works. It it just once you go once you actually go inside the butt, it all works. <laughs> I mean, how many times have you said that in your life, Caleb? You know, forty four. <laughs> once you go inside the butt, it just all works. I mean, what can you say <laughs> except for that? You know, 
and it is interesting. It does. Yeah. The final act of the movie is surprising and interesting and fully disgusting. And, you know, I would say satisfying as a viewer, satisfying. I definitely like until about, yeah, until about halfway through the movie, I was very worried that it was a very bad movie. And I felt very bad for having, because uh, I kind of suggested it. I thought it would go well with Deer Skin. And I was like, oh, God, what the fuck? Is and I watched the previews like, okay, this looks interesting. In the plot, yeah, well, like, too, yeah. really, that the plot was like, oh, okay, that's, I want to see what that movie is. Yeah. And I am glad to have seen it. You know, it was mm-hmm. interesting. It was definitely mm-hmm. interesting. And as I say, I'm so glad that this movie exists. And I really appreciate that it is, is being showcased on Alamo. In, in the uh, can I give a little bit of recommend recommendo if uh, this movie sounds interesting or if you see this movie and like this movie? Yeah, lay, uh, lay that recommendo on me. One, I'll give you two. Uh, one, Bad Milo, which is about a demon that goes in a butt. Uh, Ken Marino stars in it, which is, you know, Ken Marino gets a star in a movie. Yeah. Uh, it's pretty fun. Uh, and also butt humor. There was the, there, and it's, there was the time when Netflix was recommending that movie to me like every single oh, time I went on Netflix. Yeah, and I, I never actually fun, it's, watched it. It's a it's a very good horror comedy. Um, but also this movie reminded me of uh, a movie that is very low budget and very but owns its uh, grossness and comedy more upfront. Uh, the Greasy Strangler, which is on uh, Alamo On Demand. Uh, it's from the director Jim Hosking. It's one of the weirdest one of the more weirder movies out there. Uh, it's There's like a killer aspect to it, uh, but also it's just because it's called The Greasy Strangler, but it's just an excuse to uh, be a cult movie that really wants to be super gross. Uh, and I feel like the last 20 minutes of this movie, uh, The Greasy Strangler, is a great movie to check out. Oh, interesting, interesting. Um, do you have anything else you want to say about this movie? I liked... Uh, I can't, I'm trying to find this one actor who I liked in it, and it was the... Uh, his boss at the uh, oh, yeah. roofing job. Uh, I thought he was kind of funny, but I can't find like his they name. They had a right logo now. that was like IBM, but they were. Was that what they were? They were a roofing company. They were like a, I don't know. It's a, yeah, <laughs> I think they were. <laughs> that's that's weird. That's really weird. Well, he says Austin he Lewis though, c- is this actor's name. Mm. Okay, uh, I couldn't find him because he doesn't look anything like the actor he played. <laughs> yeah, he's good. He's got a kind of like. It's it's actually a lot like um just a bad I got in Central Florida where it's oh, like sure. strong sales energy like that's his part yeah but cool yeah, that's so, all I got to say <laughs> yeah so Caleb let's say you had to be murdered in a, a horrific but kind of funny way if you didn't pick one of these two movies like you had your head cut off with a ceiling fan blade or you were sucked inside of a random guy's butt um, right. which of them which of these two movies are you gonna pick. Uh, I'm going to go with Deerskin uh, for the fact that if I were to, I don't think I'll ever watch Butt Boy again. Uh, <laughs> if I would, I'll just like wait, not pay attention, wait till like the last uh, t- 20 minutes or so again. We are really hyping up that last 20 minutes. Um, it is good, and we're not spoiling it more or less. But uh, Deerskin, I would, uh, I'd gladly watch again just because uh, it's more of like a mystery unto itself that doesn't want to be a mystery (laughs) which is uh i guess this director's whole mo is like hey i'm putting meaning to my movies which is that movies don't have meaning or do they (laughs) uh and i like that that's uh very much my uh wheelhouse of movies yeah i mean i have to agree with you that deerskin is the the better of the two movies or the one i would recommend to people um it definitely has this like so it's very interesting and it's also very stupid and there's lots of layers to it. And, but if nothing else, it's just, it has this, that kind of great European art movie, like color palette and cinematography. 
which I'm just a real sucker for, you know, what can I say? I love Europe. I love fucking going to <laughs> Europe. Like it was, it's just great to watch a, a, such a European movie as this. And, and at the same time, it is very well done and very genuinely bizarre in a way that you hardly ever see. And I thought, you know, well executed. Like I would say it doesn't necessarily make sense or have a point as far as I can tell, but it's completely well executed. <laughs> if you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it's, it, it's exactly what they wanted to do. And I think that it's fantastic, <laughs> you know? I mean, and I don't mean to talk shit about it. I mean, I'm sure it does have a point, but you know, also maybe I'm not sure. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It's anyway, the beauty yeah. of thinking. <laughs> As Caleb said, it, that is the beauty of thinking. And uh, that's why I do it all the time, Caleb. Personally, I'm a big I fan of thinking. Yeah. yeah. I think about thinking um, all the time. I also, I think about you thinking about thinking. Uh, like that Frank Ocean song that goes, I've been thinking about you. Yeah. Um, I One of my early things I wrote that got a lot of online attention was saying I didn't like Frank Ocean. So I have to oh, I remember you know, that. recuse myself from that. Got a lot of hate, but I also got a lot of people posting it in like message boards going like, mm, he's right though, like which I really appreciated. Uh, um, do you know those people? What if those were like no. the actual insane crackpots out there? No, it was like Frank, cool. Frank's it was, great. It, it seemed like cool people. I mean, this was like 2012, so whatever, you know. Uh, um, anyway, that's you also like did this about LaCroix, I remember too. Yeah, I, oh, I, you don't want to talk I, about your LaCroix. No, no. I mean, I am. My successful pieces of writing have been about really disliking things. It's actually yeah, been like, good really hard. <laughs> it's been hard for me that like all writing has become being positive about things because my best writing is about hating stuff, and that's why uh, people respond to it. They like it. it. It does well, but it's like these days you have to like stuff to write about it. That's what our podcast is about: liking things. Yeah, it sucks. We can do only do things we hate. I'd be really good at it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, thanks for listening, everybody. Yeah. Like, it's so good yeah. to see you. Yeah, goodbye. Yeah, yeah, great. Bye, bye. Love y'all. Bye. Oh my god. Butt boy. Butt boy. But but boy. Boy. But boy. But boy. <laughs> I think that is the best okay, way yeah. to say it. But boy. Yeah. But boy. <laughs> <laughs>